the church originated and the Lord's great esteem for that church. We had two men out here today and and uh, when he got finished, I talked to him. I asked him if they knew the Lord as their Savior. I said, what type of church do y'all attend? And I found out, you know, and that, uh, and I only thing I said, I said, you know, I believe in baptism. The baptism can't save you guys. So if you think because you were baptized, you're going to heaven on that alone, you're not. You know, it takes more than going down in the water. And, you know, we had a good conversation. There wasn't no arguing about it. But, but uh, what is the constitution of the Lord's church? Jesus Christ instituted the church during his personal ministry on earth. The first members were converted and baptized under the ministry of John the Baptist. If that has not changed, the fact that if you're going to be a member of a church, you sometimes you have had to have scriptural baptism. If you don't have scriptural baptism, then a church should not accept you as a member by statement or something else if you've never been baptized because baptism is the door to the church. If you have been baptized, then it's, it is the job of the pastor, the job of the committee, if we had one, to check and see if that church that you were baptized under the authority of was that a church. Because despite what a lot of people say, you can't be a member of the church without scriptural baptism. Now, there's all different ways people will take you and pat you on the back till you feel good, but... That's the very, the very fact that I said, you know, at first at church, they were baptized. You know, the constitution of the church. Baptism and membership is for believers only. Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew, the third chapter, verse uh, 7. Matthew, chapter 3, verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruit, Meet for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. They were indicating, Hey, I'm from Abraham, I'm you know, I know Abraham, and and you know, I've had people in over the years. Well, I was a member, I was baptized. Under that church, I was a member of that church, and I would ask them sometimes, "Who was the pastor, or who is the mother church, or was that a church out of a church?" And most times, the people have no idea what I'm talking about. 
And you don't have to know that to be saved. But it, it is way you make a stand on, hey, this is what God says. This is how God handles it. So church members are united in faith and practice. I often wonder, why would anybody want to join the church, a church, if they did not believe the way that church believed? But they do. But, you know, God said, you know, uh, that in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22, and I put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all the things in the church. I mean, the pastor, the deacons, nobody is the head of the church except Jesus Christ. So whatever we we do, we need scriptural okay to do it. Now, you know, and I believe that most churches think, you know, well, as long as the majority wants it that way, but the majority can be wrong. If you don't think so, look who we got for president. I mean, we could give a lot of examples, you know. But God said in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22, notice, you know, he said, and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So whatever we vote on, we ought to be settled in our heart and mind that God is for it. That's, that's what God has said in his word. But a church, any church, Baptist churches, you know, I know an excellent pastor, you know, but the church, if he did that, they wouldn't keep him. And so he said, you know, I can do more good in than I can out. And, you know, that's his decision. He'll have to stand before God at the judgment seat and God will say, why didn't you make a stand if you really believed that? Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. God said here, as we... Look at it. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Now, you know, we, we have had men who want to use the Bible as a weapon, you know, a pole. But that's not what that verse is, is here for. That, that verse is here, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. There are certain decisions that only Christ can make. There's only decisions when it comes to a very important decision. I've had them in my marriage. I feel one way about it. Dora feels some other way about it. But we talk about it. And I show her. 
And every time, without exception, she has said, we'll follow you. But the, what I'm trying to get you to, to see is when John said, even as Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. There's a great responsibility for us husbands. You know, uh, you, can, you can do like some people have to- told me, you know, I-, I made my wife work. You know, she, she's a, you know, she ain't too, too good to work. And I'm not preaching and don't believe that women ought to stay at the house, you know, not go out we can go to the, to the Bible. We can find women who own business, women who held an office. You know, me, preferably, I don't think no woman ought to be in politics. I don't want no woman president. We don't have a vice president because when it, when it comes to certain decisions, the Bible will prove that the man holds a steady hand on it. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's not, hey, you're a nobody and I'm everybody. You know, it's that old foolishness. Uh, Dora has an uncle, you know. He's, he said, my wife walks three steps behind me. I said, next time I'm come, I'm going to bring a tobacco stick. And you can let your wife track you on the head ever. You know. it's just, I mean, you couldn't. You couldn't teach him anything because he didn't want to learn. So, but, you know, when we have something, we need to understand the purpose of it. The purpose of it. This is going to be a lot harder this coming year than some people think. It's not Dora's responsibility to see that I have food on the table. It's mine. And if I was sick and disabled and she was able to work, she would work. Galatians 1.18 said, talking about Christ, and he is the head of the body of the church. Christ is the head of this church. We need to understand Galatians chapter 1, verse 18. He said, and he is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Makes no difference what I believe, what the church believes. We need to follow it. What does God's word say? That's the final. When Jesus left the earth, he commanded his church to carry out or to carry on his work according to the instructions given to the New Testament and has led and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've read it at this church, I don't know how many times, Matthew the 28th verse, or chapter, excuse me. Notice 28, 19. God says here, When Jesus left the earth, he commanded his church to carry on his work according to the instructions given to the New Testament. Matthew, the 28th chapter, and the 19th verse, 
God said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What is that one verse telling us? That we need to be missionaries. We need to do mission work. Go ye therefore. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Son of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them, notice what he said. Teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, lo, I'm with you always, even till the end of the world. You know when the sister asked me when she wanted to become a member, she said, do you fast? You know, people say, that's not important anymore. But yet in the New Testament, every time the church sent out a missionary, they prayed and fasted. But that's not for me. Are you part of the church? Now some people can't fast because of medical reasons. But if you can, you know, that's what God asks us to do. So, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Ghost. We need to carry out the work of the Ammon Road Baptist Church as close as we possibly can, the way the first church was. <clears throat> Second point we want to make is the dignity of the Lord's church. Christ purchased his church with his own blood. We learned that, you know, uh, when my first child came along, and then my second child came along. They argued over, this is my toy, this is my book, this is, because we gave it to them. So they claimed territory. Get out of my room. Well, Acts 20, 28, Acts the 20th chapter and the 28th verse knows what God says. Acts twenty twenty eight. He said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers. He's talking to the pastor here. In this case, he's talking to me. He said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves. In other words, don't you mess up and do something you shouldn't do. And to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer. Now, let's stop it right there. What is he saying there? What the Baptist Church down the road in the next county does is my concern, but none of my business. Is it not? He said, take heed therefore unto yourselves 
and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer. Then he said, to feed, to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. That one verse here, Acts 20, 28, that whole tells us who the church belonged to and who is the owner of it, who has bought it. I mean, you know, we need to understand that we are just a servant. A pastor is nothing but a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, that verse ought to be uh, important to us, especially to, to me. He said, take heed therefore unto yourselves, telling the shepherd and to all the flock. over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseer. Now, let's see something here. If uh, Steve works at a factory, I worked at a factory, and I was over several big machines that did things. I didn't run them. I was just responsible to make sure that they ran right. But if it didn't run right, the manager didn't call in one of the others. He called in me first because I was the overseer. So God said, uh, which he have made you overseer to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. It tells me I just got a job direct from the Lord what to do. But remember, I don't own this church. I'm not the boss. I'm the overseer. The church is the light of the world. The darkness of sin can only be overcome by heavenly light of truth through the local church. The dark ages are aptly named because the church, through persecution, was not allowed to freely declare truth. That's exactly what Facebook is trying to do. Every time I see the head of that, I sort of get get nausea. When you put something on and they won't show it, they put you in Facebook jail. All they're saying is that what you said didn't meet their guidelines. You know, God could talk to a world of pastors and said, you know, I'm not going to bless you because you didn't preach according, according to my guidelines. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, Matthew chapter five, God tells us, chapter five and verse 14, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Who is the brightest star 
Who's the brightest force in this world? That's Jesus Christ. Now, I mean, you know, you can... Opportunity, you don't have to get into doctrine. You know, these, these the two guys wouldn't know doctrine if I told them of what it was because they've never been taught it. I know the church they go to. They told me. I know the pastor. I've talked to him. It's a feel-good message. You know, Christ loves everybody. You need to love everybody. And if they in sin, you know, you don't. But God's Word doesn't say that. When we have opportunity and the time is right, we preach the gospel to them. God said, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Cannot be hid. The church is the salt of the earth. Without a preserving agent, the church, the church here on earth, societies and mankind will spoil and become an abomination to God. I mean, the Catholic Church is getting ready to have a lot of influence as the Lord comes back. I mean, what has the Catholic Church done? They put their approval, things they stood for a few years ago, at least verbally, they don't stand for them now. A light. God said we need to be at light on that hill so that everybody, they may say, oh, don't go that little old church. He preaches everything. And if I was a member, I, I did. When Brother Roger was mine, you know, and say, oh, that's a little church. I said, praise God that he's still got shepherds that will preach the word. Praise God we still got families, still got individuals. They're not ashamed of God. They're not ashamed of what they believe. You know, it's... it's I, just, I just can't imagine because I've never had that. I've never been ashamed to tell anybody who I am, what I believe. You know, I, I don't argue with anybody. God didn't call me to argue. But God did call me to defend the truth. To defend the truth. The church is a body of Christ. Christ is the head. And the head is the ruler and spiritual leader. The church is his body, material substance on earth. But he's the head. I may be a brick. I may be a pole. I may be part of the floor. But I'm just one part of that. He is the head. And you know what happened if you somebody cut your head off? You're not going to do anything. The problem now is that the popes and, and high-fluting Baptists and Methodists and Christians, they're the head. You know, they can grow in number, but it's just like the sister that I told you all about, you know, she passed away last week, 96 years old. 
And she told me, she said, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Well, unless God saved her in the last month, she certainly wished she had listened now. Because you can't believe something that is wrong and think God is going to bless it. You can only be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. The church is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit on earth. During the tabernacle and temple worship, there was a place beneath the cherubim that was God's place on earth. That's why that the tabernacle, you know, I've got those lessons. I've got pictures of all the furniture. You know, we could, could come in here. We'd get it fixed in there. You'd sit right in there. But it's a teaching. It's not preaching. It's teaching so that we could see how important that tabernacle was and how important that church is. The church is a dwelling place. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, And what a dream it hath the temple of God with idols. For we are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Notice that little preposition, I. I. I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. One God. We can only worship one God. Yet I've had badness to tell me. I don't agree with my friend's church, but I can go there and worship. No, you can't. You can go there and feel good, but you can't worship. And I know if you, you do the same thing, you say, well, that's your opinion. And it sure is. And I got the Bible to back it up. He, he is the one. That's why he built his church. He died for his church. See, the church should be more. That's why that I, I've said time and time again, you know, people always, all through my ministry, you know, you spend a lot of money on the building. You spend a lot of money on the building. The church building ought to be as nice as we can possibly make it. But when you put your money in the building and do no mission work, God's not going to bless that. It's got to be a balance. You've got to have a balance. What makes a marriage? Balance. John 14. John, the 14th chapter. John 14, verse 16. God said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, 
Did you get that? See, we can repeat things, you know, what I was doing out there this afternoon. I was, I had enough knowledge of what those things were on that tank out there. But that's all to know what something is, but I don't know how it works, you know. And that's the way so many people are. But we ought to want to learn everything we can about the church. God, he's going to rapture that church. And I'm going with him. (laughs) So God asked us, you know, here. He said in John 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. And he, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. See, there's many spirits. I want the spirit of truth also because I don't have the ability without that spirit of truth leading me to know right from wrong. Now, that makes people feel bad. No, you can read. I can read it and I can give you a verbal understanding, but is that God's language, God's language here is, is telling us, you know, when he said, I will pray to Father, he will give you another comfort that he may abide with thee forever, even the spirit of truth. You will not know truth unless you've been saved and you have received the spirit. He said, even the spirit of truth whom the world, what? Cannot receive. But we can memorize something. We can know the mechanics of it. And somebody said, man, you know, that boy knows his Bible. But does he know the author? Does he know the author? Because God's word says here, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but he know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. God knows me. Believe me, when I'm not faithful to what I know I should be faithful for, he appears to me. He, he doesn't love me too much to discipline me, you know. I've talked to parents, well, I just love my child so much I'm not going to discipline. That's fine. You'll grow up to spit in your face. That's the way it goes. You know. The church is a school for religious instruction. During his earthly ministry, Jesus not only taught lost souls, but also his disciples. See, the church is a uh, it's where it gets ready for each generation to teach the next generation. You know, Matthew twenty eight twenty, we all know that without looking, but it's always good to see it in the Bible. God said in Matthew the twenty eighth chapter and the 20th verse. Notice here what God told us. 
he said in Matthew 28 and verse 20, he said, teaching them to observe the all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Now, people say, well, the, the Lord hasn't showed it to me, so I'm not going to teach it until he does. That's why you've got to read the Bible. You not only talk to him, but you let him talk to you. And when we let him talk to us, he, he says in verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto them. Same people that, that is in verses 19 and 20. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, all things, not your personal opinion, Anything you can prove in the Bible that is clear, we are to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Whenever you don't feel like the Spirit is is with you, you, you need to ask yourself, am I doing what I know to do? Am I praying when I know I should should pray? There's no doubt that uh, I came over here this afternoon to meet, and it's one of those days, you know, you lose your car keys. Then you remember where you put them, so you go get them. Then I misplaced my phone. Went over to Walmart to pick up some stuff for my wife, and I left my credit card out in the car. I then sacked it up, you know. Lord, what are you telling me? You're not too good to have bad days, Pastor. I took it, accepted, and thank him for it. Found my phone, found my keys, found my credit card. Good day at the Vantage. The church is a field of service. Every child of God has a place to fill in the to fill in the field. First Corinthians three nine says, For we are laborers together. I've got that word underlined in my Bible. We are in this together. We are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. The church is the custodian of the faith. That's why the devil would destroy every church. Because let me tell you, if you stay out of church a while, you don't read like you once did, you don't pray like you once did, you don't witness because you don't, I'm not, I'm not qualified. Oh, yeah. Just because you're sick doesn't mean that you cease to be a man or you cease to be a woman. Sometimes he brings us down so we have time to talk to him. But the church is the custodian of the faith. The Lord has entrusted the truth to his church to take to the world. The world 
if the world agreed with what I'm preaching, I'd, I wouldn't be preaching nothing. I remember when I sat under Brother Bill DeRozan for about six, eight, or nine weeks, however long I sat under him, I got mad at him. I said, that man's nuts. You know, There's other people in that building besides me, but there was only one person that God was interested at the time. So everything he preached, everything I read, I thought he was talking to me. And then after God saved me, I was glad he was talking to me. Jude 1.3 said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence of right unto you of the common salvation. Now, what's that word common? You know, it means it's not something special that you got that the other brother is common among us. Salvation doesn't change from man to woman or, you know, age. When I drove to the hospital, the nursing home, and I've been called to the intensive care of people dying with cancer. Brother Crowley used to be a member here. I held Richard's hand as he was dying. Held Sister Reed's hand as she was dying. What do you do? You pray and said, God, she's been faithful. Greatest thing you can say at a funeral is to look at that person and say, Hey, follow her. Follow him. Because he followed the Lord and she followed the Lord. And I believe that she's that he's in glory. You want to go? You got that. Exactly what you would say. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Acts 1.8, the Lord commissioned his church to bear the witness of him. God even told the church there in Acts 1, 1, 8. He said, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When does the Holy Ghost come upon you? You think a lost person out here has got the Holy Ghost? You've been listening to some Pentecostal preachers. You don't get the Holy Ghost until you're saved. You may have some emotional, you may have some people and you... I'm telling you, God said, but he shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When that happens, he shall be witness unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Why do we support Brother Mills? Half his church through this COVID has died. His wife has been sick. His child has been sick. What does Brother Mills do? He meets in that bill and does not finish because there's not enough money to finish it. But he's doing what he was called to do. And God will bless him. And as we close, the word of reconciliation is committed to his church. 2 Corinthians 5.19. What a beautiful verse. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, 
not imputing their trespasses unto them and have committed unto us. Us that are down here now. The word of reconciliation. I'm telling you. You understand what a church is. And you say, well, I can't do a lot of things. If you can talk, you can pray. Even if you can't talk, you can pray. I mean, not just pray for, you know, when we get on Facebook and say, hey, so-and-so had, but pray. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that, that the government, you know, instead of sending money overseas to a bunch of heathens, we're going to take care of these, of these people. But what about that 84 and others they'll find? How many of them were lost? Can you imagine being lost, having the roof come down on you, and the next thing you know, you're in hell? And I hope all of them was, was saved. I'm not, I didn't know any of them. But I'm telling you, you said, well, I just can't, can't talk to people. I'd rather for a church live it than talk it. <coughs> Just live it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day you've given us, and we thank you, Father, for those that came out tonight and the attention that they gave. We ask, Father, that you bless our church, bless those that are sick. We're uh, thankful that some are on the men.